The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Wednesday, September 25th, 2019, and you are tuned in to HTM Sports right here at hittingthemarks.com and now debuting on hackerhameen.podbean.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the two-timer, the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to HTM Sports. It's me, it's me. It's that art of the beat of the beat. Rick Vickery back again. Hashtag HTM Sports. On assignment, I am sitting at the uh, on the beautiful patio here at Kokomo's on the Keys, which also happens to be, be the home of the Huron, Ohio Brown Backers. They, they got their, their party bus here right off to the side of me. The patio is decked out in brown, uh, in brown apparel, brown gear everywhere. Also, got some tribe stuff here, and then we're going to get some football talk. There's uh, some heartbreak here in the land, but there's excitement around baseball, a tremendous vibe here. I think above all that, what I'm most excited about, we're not just on hittingthemarks.com platform, we're also going to be dropping this thing over on the Hobby Media Group. So we're branching out, trying to reach a new audience here, and uh, I hope we can delight and entertain everybody. You know, it's crazy, Rick. You know, realize that we've been doing HTM Sports for almost a year now? Uh, absolutely incredible. I know we've missed a few spots there, but we've usually been here each and every week. And, and I have to say, it is, it, it, it's so relieving to, you know, to be able to step away from professional wrestling at times, uh, especially at the down points that we've seen from WWE, and just kind of just dive into the world of professional sports. Uh, and, I, and I know this, you know, those that we've had with us, uh, our, loyal, our loyal family that's behind us, they absolutely love it, and we're just looking to continue that and take it to the next level. So anybody who hasn't listened to HTM Sports before, this is basically your uh, around-the-water cooler talk. If you're not a big sports fan, we try to give you just enough that you can carry on a good conversation at work. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball, some NCAA football before we get to the NFL. And Huckleberry, we're going to double tap on Cleveland this week. We're going to start things off with the MLB pennant and wildcard races. Of course, the Indians still in this thing when it comes to the wildcard and the central clinched. We have the New York Yankees at 102 and 56. And then we also have the Houston Astros at 103 and 54, a game and a half up on my Yankees looking for that that first place position and, and home field throughout the American League playoffs. Both those teams are already in, Rick. It's just going to be a matter of who finishes where and who gets home field. The real question at this point still lies inside of the AL Central. The Twins at 97-60. and 60. The Cleveland Indians still in this thing with a week to go at 93-64. and 64. A half game back in the wild card behind the A's and Rays. Huckleberry, what is the feeling for the Indians there in the land? Well, as, as you lay out all those numbers there, Jocko, I would like to uh, re- remind those that have been with us and, and for the new listeners that we're picking up here this week uh, with HMG. When we go into things here, we're all about numbers. And that's what baseball's about right now. It's about watching those numbers. Who's going to pull ahead? Where is this thing going to even out? Where are you going to be standing? I know right here in the land, there is excitement everywhere. They believe in the tribe. 
really had the eye, really had the eye on that prize of grabbing the central again. It's still not, it's still not out of the realm of possibility, but it's going to be a stretch. So now we are focused on that wild card. This is going to be one hell of a ride down here to the finish for that half game back. The Rays have got five to go. The Tribes got four. And if you went and watched last night, they are bringing the thunder. They are hot here. This is this is where we're going with it. Well, of course, the other team kind of in that equation is Oakland. And, Rick, this is the same situation that we had last year, isn't it, where Oakland is going to squeak their way into the playoffs, and then they're going to play Moneyball, and it's just going to be an early exit. I'd say right now, Oakland, you know, they, they, they're they leading the way. They're their top forces here. But they've got to watch. They've got to keep their, you know, keep their eyes over their shoulders because the other teams are coming up on them here. You know, they could be looking outside. So of these three teams, the A's, the Rays, and the Indians, which one do you think does not make the playoffs? Uh, I think right now you're going to be looking at the Rays. Uh, they're, they're going to have some sad days ahead because they're going to be sitting. Uh, they're going to be sitting at home, just like you and I watching on television. Yankee fans everywhere would rejoice if the Rays do not make the playoffs. For some reason, Tampa has become the new Baltimore. We just do not play well against Tampa Bay and Captain Jeter down there running things. Um, Or no, he's in Miami, isn't he? I don't even care who runs Tampa Bay. Screw the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, Yankees and Astros, Huckleberry. This is really what the American League has been all about. It's been all about the Yankees and the Astros all year. If you would have told me going all the way back to the beginning of the season, hey, Jargo, Yankees are going to win 103 or 4 games this year. I'd be like, hell freaking yes. And then if somebody told me that there's still a good chance that we don't finish in first place in the American League, I would have called you a freaking liar. It's not very often that we get one team going over 100 wins, let alone two. Well, you, if you want to talk about the finish here, let's go back to the midpoint in this race. It's something that you were it was very alarming to you, Jogger. You were very concerned about this. The Astros were out there making moves. They were positioning themselves for this run down the stretch where the Yankees seemed to kind of sit stagnant. You know, the moves they were making weren't very impressive. They weren't over the top. They were going with who they brought in. And they, they had made some moves, you know, some some game changers, but nowhere near what the Astros did. you got to believe right now the Astros are a hands-down favorite to, to emerge from this American League. Especially if they end up clinching home field for this thing. I think th- I think that's really going to play into this. Um, I-, I love the Yankees batting lineup, but it seems like every day I'm getting a notification on my phone from ESPN that there's another Yankee going to the injured reserve list. And that Astros pitching staff is just out of sight. Getting to a seven-game series with the Astros, even if I'm the Dodgers, I think I'm worried. Well, even... You're the Yankees at full strength, you know, get rid of these injuries, whatever. You go into a seven-game series with that Astros pitching staff, you are absolutely in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Astros have put together something real special down there with that collection of arms. Let's take a look at the National League quick. Clinched, we have the Atlanta Braves as well as the Los Angeles Dodgers. Clinched a playoff berth. We also have the Washington Nationals and the St. Louis Cardinals. In the Central Division, the Cardinals at 90 and 68, the Milwaukee Brewers two and a half games behind at 87 and 70. So when you look at the wild card, the Nationals have already clinched. They're already in this thing. And then you have that combination of the Brewers and the Cardinals. It seems like one of them is going to get in. 
the Cubs still mathematically alive with five games back and five games to go. Rick, it looks like the Cubbies are going to miss the playoffs here. And I'm being inside of this market, I'm already hearing rumblings that this may be the end of the line for Madden. Well, you know, he had that great fortune there. He brought the championship. He's going to leave his mark there forever. But this would be uh, one of the greatest tales ever in, in sports history of somehow the Cubs could slide into this thing. I mean, just not on their own merit, but you're going to have to have everything else just fall into place, fall apart for them, which is, is highly unlikely. So you're all right. You know, what's interesting to watch there in the Central, though, it's, it's not so much, you know, who's going to – it's the importance is who's going to win that thing. And as you said, yeah, they're both going to make it, but you sure as hell, you want to be going into this thing knowing you're getting a legit series, you're going to be able to host something, and you're not going to that damn sudden death game. We talked about this this morning. I absolutely hate the sudden death. I hate the fact that we played 162 games, and it all comes down to a game? Really? Well, absolutely. You know, we talked about it this morning off there, and, and before we sat down to record, sitting here with a, a great friend of the show, Pete John Johnny, we were discussing this thing, and you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much a, it's a disgrace to the mockery. If you go out there, 162 games, this entire sport is, is built around the long run. You play a series to see who's the best, and you know, the players are hard out all year to kick this position, to have an opportunity to grab a championship, a World Series ring, and it all hinges on one game, it just it completely sucks the air out of the room, and it's not it's not baseball. Yeah, I completely agree. Especially like when I'm looking at this American League, and I look at the Oakland Athletics at 94 and 63, the Tampa Bay Rays at 94 and 64, the Indians once again a half game back. So we have three teams here that are going to be hovering around 95 wins. They have one game. After all this, it comes down to one game. Really. I mean, I, I, I hate the way that they have the baseball playoffs formatted at this point. Well, I, I like to throw out there, too, uh, you know, for our, those that have been on this ride with us and hopefully the new listeners that we're picking up here on the Omni Media Group. Hey, let us know on social media. You can find Jargo at not, not Jargo. You can find me at the real RBD. And let us know, you know, how would you restructure these playoffs? How, how could this system work for you? But I do want to throw out there, you know, don't, don't give me this get rid of that 15 because this is about money. This is about selling tickets. So you, you got to keep, you got to keep the, you know, at least the five, maybe you go to more teams, but how would you handle it? Sound off on social media. Let us know. And we'll follow up on it next week. I, I'm with you. I think I go best of three. Just do like a weekend series. That's kind of what we talked about off air this morning. And I completely agree. Let's, uh, let, let's shift to uh, Michigan and, Rick, talk a little bit of NCAA football. Hot seat Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I, I put this out on Twitter last Saturday. Hashtag hot seat Harbaugh. Michigan goes into Wisconsin, and they didn't just lay an egg. They laid a whole freaking nest. They get absolutely destroyed, 35-14, to 14, and the game was not even that close. Um, Rick, is it time to push the panic button in Ann Arbor? Well, I'll tell you what, being as close as I am to Michigan and, and having a bunch of their scumbag fans, even in best, our great state of Ohio, they, they, you know, they realize that their state's pretty much garbage, so uh, they still follow their teams. But they, they kind of migrate down here, you know, where things are really happening and society is really growing and prospering. 
uh, they, they've been panicking for a while there because, you know, there is that one game every year where they just they just seem to get the thought. Well, I, I think this is more maybe just pushing that urgency. Uh, it's moving the agenda to the forefront. And usually down here, you know, a lot of the fans, are, every week, uh, they're rooting against Michigan. And I was just a reminder, you, you want Michigan to win. You want them to be a powerhouse so that when Ohio State eventually beats them, it strengthens your schedule. This isn't the case here. We can sit back and absolutely enjoy this one because it was in conference. So now it just means we go take care of what's got. The Buckeyes take care of the Badgers. Everything's fine. A win is a win is a win is a win is a win. And that, that's what we've always heard when it comes to especially collegiate football. Rick, are, are we just blowing this entire thing completely out of proportion? I mean, Michigan is 2-1, and one and they lost at Wisconsin. I understand. You know, I, well, I think it's definitely that brings up the bigger picture here. He hasn't done anything against Ohio State. I mean, when you, when you bring in uh, a coach from this game, you know, you've got those, there's three things there. You know, be successful, beat Ohio State, win a championship. And they, they kind of all play in and add up with each other. And he hasn't been able to get over Ohio State. I know, and now that you've seen this embarrassment here with, with seemingly embarrassment with Wisconsin, he's going to go out there and lose to this rookie coach this year for the Buckeyes, and that will that will absolutely be the end of Harbaugh this year. At that point, when they lose when they lose that game, he should just strip down right there, strip down and just leave in his boxers because that's about all the chance he should have left. I mean, that that's really what it all comes down to, right? It all comes down to Ohio State. If Michigan wins out from this point until the Ohio State game and then loses to Ohio State, I still think Jim Harbaugh is in trouble. If they lose every game between now and when they play Ohio State and they beat Ohio State, I think he keeps his job. Well, I, you know, it all hinges on that. And I would say, you know, I wouldn't go to the Lane Pitcher Center if he lost every game in between. Let's say they, they lose another game, though. They got two losses going into that Ohio State game. That's going to be his defining moment. That's what's going to be. If he could win that game, that could that could buy him some time and save his ass for another year. But you believe it, you know, believe it. That's a great saying around here, around the Cleveland area. You got to believe in some things there. He loses that Ohio State game. Like I said, he should just resign right there on the field because his ass is out the door. Let's talk about Notre Dame a little bit. Notre Dame went down to Georgia. They were looking for a game to steal, but they lost. Uh, they fall 23-17, but Rick, the, the much bigger story of this thing, the last play of the game, the Notre Dame quarterback falls back, chucks the ball down the field, he's got a wide receiver, and he gets mugged by three defensive backs, and there's no flag? Like... I'm not one to come to Notre Dame's defense in any way, shape, or form. I'm in no way a, a, a Notre Dame fan, but I feel like the Irish got screwed down in Georgia. Uh, you're not going to tell me this Irish got screwed anything. You're not going to get a one ounce of sympathy from the RBV when it comes to the Irish because of what happened last year when they made a complete mockery of this playoff system. Never should have been there blown out in that semifinal, which should have been an ACC championship game, and stole a spot from, from many deserving teams. Teams that have earned their way to be there, but these flunkies, these groups from Notre Dame, just because they still think that there's some relevance that people... That, you know, the kids that are in college, the, the fans, the, their original fans, they're dead. 
there were no scenarios. They haven't been done with it in decades. And now they just think because they can bring back one of those grand names. I don't care what the situation is. Good wins to Notre Dame. You lost the game. You will not be in a playoff conversation. Let's move on. Notre Dame has number 18, Virginia, coming into South Bend to uh, challenge the Irish this weekend. We'll, we'll get a real quick update as to how Notre Dame is going to handle this loss. Uh, I was talking with our friend Eric Lake last week, and he was asking me, why in the hell isn't Notre Dame in a conference yet? And he's actually a Notre Dame fan, uh, and I, I found out the answer for him. Um, it's because they're receiving $15 million a year in a TV contract for and from NBC Universal. That deal runs through 2025, so Notre Dame is not going to be joining a conference before that. Rick, they've been getting $15 million a year since 1991 just to air their games on NBC. That's why they're not in a conference. Well, you know, outside of that, uh, they're not the ones just benefiting from this deal. Anyone they schedule is seeing huge paydays, and they have the entire time. Yeah, $15 million a year since 1991. Yeah. They're in a conference, all right, the NBC conference. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it's so dumb because they play in the ACC and every other sport. Just that's one of those things that just drives me crazy. Let's uh, let's go ahead. We'll throw things over to the NFL. Huckleberry, we got to start with this Antonio Brown thing, and hopefully this is the last time that we have to talk about Antonio Brown here on the show. Last week, AB released by the New England Patriots after another set of allegations come out, and Antonio Brown sends these absolutely absurd text messages. The Patriots had to cut bait with this kid. There's absolutely no question about that. There's no debate about whether or not the Patriots had to cut weight with this kid. My question for you is at the end of the season, when the Patriots win another Super Bowl, does Antonio Brown get a ring? Or he, he might get one of those. He might get one of those rings that you get at the. Uh, you used to get at the bottom of the Cracker Jack box, right? The little whistle things or whatever. Well, I mean, because we've seen this before, where you know, there's a player that was on a team gets traded away. There's a player that was on a team ends up getting cut. They still get a ring at the end of the year. Oh, oh, no, Jargo, you know this just as well as anybody. Or we've seen this before. They they trade or something like that. If there's a required, there's requirements that need to be met uh, to qualify you to earn a championship ring with the team, and it's it's well beyond ten days of being employed under their brand. Yeah, but he still put up numbers in that one game that he played for the Patriots. It would not surprise me at all if he ends up getting a Patriots championship ring out of this damn thing. Uh, I could actually probably see him actually going out and buying himself one. Because yeah, we talked about last week on the show here. I mean, he seems, you know, we didn't realize that way back in the day when Rodman married Madonna that they actually had produced uh, a child, and that would be Antonio Brown. I, I think this, I know there's all the speculation. Everyone's throwing it out there. Oh, could he go to the XFL? Could he go to, to the Canadian League? Let's just stop this nonsense. I mean, unless it's an extreme publicity stunt, and this man is throwing everything, pulling everything out of his ass, uh, and right before the season starts, he just he sells the WWE. There's no way they can absolutely afford it. I mean, he he takes up the salary cap of the whole league, does he? Yeah, I mean, Vince took out a hundred million dollars to launch the damn league, and Antonio Brown had bought forty million. Yeah, so I mean, what's going to be absolutely insane there? The I think it's gonna. He's gonna go the route of reality television. 
And that's what we're going to get out of here. We're going to see you now what network is going to pick him up. I know VH1 has taken some risks back in the day. I believe uh, Chad Johnson had a, a daily show on there. You know, they've done the Rock of Loves, uh, Flavor Play, and all that. Uh, I see maybe like a BT trying to jump on with him. So certainly E, the king of uh, of Trash TV. drama reality shows and all this. Uh, hey, hey, don't be talking about my guilty catch pleasure like that, all right? You know me. I, I love my uh, my actuality television. It's actually what it is, okay? Actuality it, it, it television. mimics reality. You know, an- another thing that mimics reality is a-, a gentleman that mimics being a football coach who is also on the hot seat there in your gray area. And I'm talking about Freddie Hot Seat Kitchens. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens, dude already on the hot seat. It wouldn't surprise me if Kitchens is gone by the end of this year. Sunday night, the Rams go into Cleveland, beat the Browns 20-13. to Huckleberry, y'all could have had Mike McCarthy. You could have had Mike McCarthy. I'm going to say this out loud what you just said to me. See if I can get a reaction because I'm actually, uh, I got two times here. We got a little round table of some individuals, some uh, true round fans that know what's going on sitting around me here. Jordan, you just said that Kitchens will be gone by the end of the year. Yep. Uh, I, I, am getting, uh, I am getting looks of shock, uh, looks of you need to be maybe committed to uh, the crazy yeah. house. Hey, we've talked about this. You, I, you just want to pay him to try to try to get into this great listening group that we have here based in Ohio. That's why you even try to eat them up. This is this is a growing season for them. You knew it. You know what I'm talking about, it, Jarn. No, no, no. Stars, no, no. This is not a growing season for the Cleveland Browns. You guys were talking so much shit going into this season. You don't get no it's, growing it's season. Cold. You all motherfuckers are already it's, cast in the rings. It's called, it's called excitement. It's been so long. I don't care what the Indians do, what the Cavs do. This is a football town. This is a football area. It's a football state. It's called excitement. And there was reason to be excited. They do have a lot of stars. There is that power there. They have the ability to go to that next level, which they will. It's early in the season. They've got to figure out this tackle situation. They've got to buckle down and be a little more disciplined. And you want to throw out all those things. Let's talk about some positives from this game. You know, the entire secretary was out. Seven of, a, seven of the starters, seven or 11, seven, seven or 11 starters were out. The entire secondary was second stringer. They hardly have had any starts in the NFL amongst them, and they hung in there with the NFC champion. Okay, well, explain this one to me. All right, let's, let's talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield. In the game against the Rams this past weekend, 18 of 36. In the game against the Jets, 19 of 35. The game against the Titans, 25 of 38. Huckleberry, he has, at this point, thrown more interceptions than he has touchdowns. And let's look at the teams that you got coming up. You've got the Ravens, you got the Niners, you got the Seahawks, the Patriots, at the Broncos, and then the 3-0 Buffalo Bills. When I look at this thing, there is a very real possibility that the Browns are going to be like 2-6. and six. Absolutely not here. And they're figuring out that we just took, just took the NFC champions to the wire here. You've got a sophomore quarterback that's having trouble because he can't get any time to really look down. They've got to speed everything up because of the huge issues with the tackles. Oh, yeah, just figure out. I, I will give this to you. When you look at records going forward here, they look like some, some tough competitors. And it's going to make your team stronger. You've got to learn and go each and every time. Now, but 
we throw some of those out there, like the Niners and all that. Let's talk about pretenders, all right? Those guys shouldn't be there. They're going to get over on those teams. They're going to steal a few wins here. They're going to be fine. Just believe. At this point, I'm not even sure that they're going to make the playoffs, and that's after Pittsburgh has completely fallen apart. The other story I'm watching there in Cleveland right now, Jarvis Landry, 10 receptions through three weeks. He's only had the ball thrown his way 23 times. By comparison, Odell Beckham Jr., 19 receptions, and he's been thrown at 30 times. Rick, how long until Landry starts throwing a fit? See, here you go again, Jargo. You're trying to you're trying to drum up all this drama. Well, it's not even needed to be. They knew going in what the star power was when it comes to the specialty positions. They're going to play together. And this is a team that it's felt slighted by in other cities, by other fan bases. And they are they know they're embraced here. So they're they're going to embrace that themselves, and they're going to move forward. Here. There's there's enough ball to go around. Two and six. Look on the bright side. You'll you'll be drafting pretty high. Maybe you can go and you can find yourself somebody like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has his coming out party this weekend. The New York football giants go down to Tampa and steal one, 32-31. Daniel Jones, 22 of 36, 336 yards, two touchdowns. He also carried the ball for 28 yards on four carries with two touchdowns. That means that Daniel Jones, four touchdowns to zero turnovers. Eli Manning, 0-44 when his team was down 18 points or more. Daniel Jones, 1-0. Rick, did you get to see much of Daniel Jones, and what did you think of what you saw? Well, you know, first I'd like to point out that within 30 seconds, we both used enough balls to go around and coming out party in the same the same 30 seconds. So uh, it's not really this kind of show, but Hey, he's a dookie, baby. Come on. You, do, you, know. You, you, you know. You know what he was capable of. We talked about this last week. We were kind of worried about the athleticism, the support around him, but the intelligence is there. He sees the game. He understands it, and that's absolutely what we got out of here. We're going to talk a little bit later about it because uh, I'm going to show the Giants some love when we get to, uh, to our picks. He literally looks like Eli Manning on the football field. It's crazy. Like their delivery, the release, everything. Uh, One thing that he can do that Eli could not is get out and run a little bit. That's certainly going to help the New York football giants, especially now with Saquon Barkley going out injured. He's going to be gone four to eight weeks. We're hearing that it's going to be on the high end of that. So there's going to be a lot of responsibility falling on Daniel Jones's shoulders. We'll see how he handles the New York media right quick and in a hurry. Oh, absolutely. I, I love the comparison. You're talking about the mechanics, you know, how they carry themselves. But it's just like you just got a, a younger version, and that's exactly what it is because he's got fresh tires on, on the car. Yep. And he, he's able to run. He's able to, and that's going to add that dynamic where it's going to keep off. It's going to keep defenses honest. Speaking of quarterbacks who are dynamic and are keeping defenses honest, Huckleberry Lamar Jackson went down to Kansas City. 22 of 43, 267 yards, but the bigger story, eight carries for 46 yards and one touchdown. Chiefs defeat the Ravens 33-28, to but man, Lamar Jackson had them right in this thing at the end of it. Are, are we buying Baltimore now, or is Kansas City not as good as we thought? 
you know, I'm still selling on Baltimore. I'm going to stick to my guns. Like I talked about in the preseason, I'm not just, I'm not that big on Jackson. Uh, I think it, he was he was very much exposed this weekend. It just seemed that the Chiefs kind of took you know took their foot off of off the throttle. Uh, they pulled back a little bit, and so many things just fell his way. You know, any given Sunday, they could absolutely go that other way. I, I still think you look at them. I still think you look at them now as an early favorite there in the AFC North, which I, I don't know how much that speaks to. But <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm not absolutely sold. I think I think when they get into some big games there, and they're gonna they're gonna start getting that wear and tear. Hey, they're one of these teams that that haven't been hit by this injury bug, and that's what's devastating a lot of these early favorites right now. Is you know outside of like the quarterbacks and all that. Uh, your specialty players are going out, and we're going to talk a little bit more in some other of these teacher. They're still relatively healthy. They're, they are still setting with that crew. They went through the free season, their off seasons with all that. Uh, I still think as this season progresses, we're going to see him expose a little bit more and more each and every week. Patrick Mahomes goes 27 of 37, 374 yards, three touchdowns. Just Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. One thing that really stood out to me, though, Rick, as I was looking at this box score was the time of possession. Baltimore dominates time of possession. They had the ball almost five minutes longer than Kansas City. I feel like this is the blueprint to beat Kansas City. You just keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. If you can put together these long drives, go down and get six, I think you can beat Kansas City. Well, obviously, you want to keep somebody that, like Mahomes off the field. and he, I know he's battling that injury as well, but I think he's just getting warmed up. I'm really looking forward to what we're going to be talking here in about four weeks, really where the Chiefs are at and how, when we do the tail of the tape, how they're measuring up against that, that great rematch with the Patriots. Yeah, it feels inevitable, much like Thanos. Let's talk a little bit about week four going forward. Not necessarily the most interesting week of uh, slate of games. Got a couple of them here that I'm absolutely going to be watching, though. Starting off with those New England Patriots. They go into Buffalo. Huckleberry, New England getting seven and a half points on the road. And their defense has yet to give up a touchdown. Yeah, I realize the Jets had two scores last week. Neither one of them were given up with the defense on the field. There was a pick six, and then there was a fumble recovery in the end zone for a touchdown. So that Pat's D streak still alive. Brady versus Buffalo for his career, 30-3. and three. 30 and 3 against Buffalo. 15 and 2 in Buffalo. Rick, do you, do you buy this Buffalo 3 and 0 start? Well, here's what I'm saying. As I'm sitting here with two times, we're, we're kicking back a couple plus lights, you know, getting through the show here. We're ready to have a little fun. We're, we're always looking for the party. And I, I wish we were in Buffalo this week because it's going to be a lot of fun. And this reminds me of going back to uh, the early Marvin Lewis days, you know, when we put when our Bengals were getting hot and the energy in the city, everything is ready to go. This is, we're ready to break through. This is our year. But we're looking at the, those Pittsburgh Steelers on the schedule. Those, those dastardly bastards coming to town. We're going to take them down. The tailgate's going to be rocking. We're bringing everything full force. And then at the end of the day, it's the same old story. This damn bastards, Big Ben and his bastards would come in and just absolutely whoop the crap out of us. That's what you're going to see in Buffalo this week. Do you buy the Bills at all? I mean, yeah, they're 3-0, and but so far they've beaten the Jets, the Giants, and the Bungles. Well, here's, here's what I really like. If you look at their schedule and you know the division they're in, you know, outside of the, the conference, yeah, division, I'm just the division, uh, the division they're in, you know, outside of the Patriots and their schedule, if they can believe in themselves, they can stay hot here a little bit and realize 
where they really are in their progression as, as a franchise, they could make some noise. They could steal one of these lower seed playoff spots. Uh, but they have to believe in themselves. And, 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 and this is one of those growing years for them. Uh, I, I really compare this team to maybe what you saw from the Browns last year, where you're going to struggle sometimes. You're going to lose some tough games, but you've got to keep your head in there and know that you're going in the right direction. NFL moves to Fox this Thursday night for their opening Thursday night game. And they have a doozy, Huckleberry. It's going to be Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles going into Lambeau Field to take on my Green Bay Packers. Packers favored by four and a half. Eagles at one and two. Rick, this feels like a must-win game for the Philadelphia Eagles to keep up with the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody's moving to Fox, aren't they? And they had a bunch of vacancies come open. But, yeah, football, uh, Thursday Night Football starts on Fox this week. What a game. Uh, what a showcase here. And, but you are exactly right. Uh, the Eagles need to come up with something big here. And this is what I was talking about. We were talking about the quarterbacks that are injured. You know, they're sitting at one and two. And now they're, they're two games down inside of the East there in the NFC. This could be a big swing game for them. They need to find a way to get this done. But unfortunately, it, it's kind of hard to believe they will. This is a, a, a league based, you know, based around high-profile passing. And when you don't have both of your one, you don't have your one or two wide receivers, you are in trouble. Look at their two losses. They came on drop balls late. I mean, the ball's in the hands, and they drop it. And they're looking at those two losses there. Absolutely devastating for the Eagles. Two things I talked about coming into this season was that the Browns were not going to be as good as everybody thought they were because their offensive line stunk. And the other thing that I talked a lot about was this Packers defense that I don't think nearly enough people are giving credit to. All anybody wants to talk about is is Aaron Rodgers and, and LaFleur and how they're getting along. Oh, yeah, in the meantime – this Packers defense is just beating people up and leading the league in takeaways. I think this is a really bad matchup for the Philadelphia Eagles. If they start one and three, can they still come back and win that NFC East? Well, at this point, at this point, if they go one and three, the Giants are pretty much out of there. You know, they've got their one win. Uh, Washington sitting there still with that goose egg. But this thing could be over very easily, very early for Dallas. Uh, everything that they've got going on there, obviously, we're going to continue talking about week after week about the, the growing issues, financial issues that you see in the Big D. But you live for the moment down there, and that's exactly what they're doing. They could have this thing wrapped up by you know week nine uh, of this if this kind of trend continues. But I do want to give you credit there. It's, I didn't like the cheap jab again here at the Browns because I'm sitting here at the uh, the, Euro, the home of the Euron Brown Packers. But you were exactly right about the Packers. Uh, I did not think that they were going to be all that well. You had put it out there. It's your team. Your, it's your boys. You understand them. They are faced around defense, and they are shocking individuals right now. Let's talk about another one of those. Two, 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 times just, two times just chimed in. You said the defense right there in Green Bay is amazing, but just wait until that offense really starts clicking. You, you might see something truly unique and special. Yeah, and, and it helps, you know, when you look at that Packers offense and people are like, oh, they're sputtering. The, well, they've played some real teams at this point. I mean, when your opening game is at Chicago, we've also played against Minnesota. Like, we're playing against some legit defenses. It's not like we're, we're just beating teams like Buffalo is at this point. 
Well, no, I'll tell you that. I mean, you got that big first win on the road. And then what's in out of that from like, what, two, like week two to six, you got five at home or something like that, or five out of six at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you look at that schedule on that back end, if you're a Packer fan, if you are that franchise, you want to be playing at home in November and December, not out on the road. Yep. But it is very important right now to win these games to make your statement to put yourself in a position to be there as you're down the stretch. Yep, completely agreed. Uh, last game to talk about this week, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Rick, I'm fascinated by the Jacksonville Jaguars all of a sudden. They're going into Denver, Denver getting three at home. And the real story here is Minshew. G. Minshew, 65 of 88, 692 yards, five touchdowns, one interception at this point in his young NFL career. Huckleberry, is is this for real? I think we're going to have a little bit of exposure this week. Uh, and I, I like this real quick segue here as, uh, as we're hitting our clock. But uh, I think the Broncos are going to get it done. It is, I've already kind of the beans on my picks this week. I'm going big in a mile high for the Broncos. See, and I actually thought about going with the Jaguars for my pick of the week this week, but then I saw a game that I thought was was a little bit more sexy. I should have went with the Jaguars last week, but, you know, we, we recorded on a day's delay, so I ended up losing the game. I went with Denver. I thought that they would cover they, they didn't cover inside of Green Bay. Green Bay beat them up pretty good. Uh, so 2-1 and one on the Vegas pick of the week. This week, I'm going with Arizona. I'm, I'm, I'm picking Arizona as a home dog, laying four points to Seattle. Huckleberry, I don't know what's going on with the Seahawks, but this is not the same Seattle Seahawks team that was the Legion of Boom. I'm going with Arizona at home to not only cover, I think they're going to beat Seattle this week. Well, here's, here's the problem with Seattle at this point here. You know, everybody wants to kind of remember the great days of the, of the Legion of Boom and all that, but this secondary is a complete mess. And if you get into a team that wants to get into a shootout, it's going to chuck it downfield. I mean, hell, this secondary made Andy Dalton look like a million dollars week one. Even, you know, even though they, they, they just got out of there with that win, they were able to hold off at home there. Uh, last week we saw, as we talked about, you know, the Saints threw everything out of them. Drew Brees out, they just kept them confused, kept them moving. Their secondary is absolute mess in Seattle. I, I think you he, he might. I think you're going to cover this one, bud. And, and I do want to give you a pass last week. That was your original one, so I'll give you three for three on your Stone Cold Losses Vegas. I appreciate that one. Um, I, I I don't understand Seattle. I just I, I don't understand. I don't understand how Teddy Two Gloves goes into Seattle with the Saints team that he's never started for and beat the Seahawks like. The, the, just a couple of years, there was no chance in hell that anybody was winning a game in Seattle. Like you mentioned there, Andy Dalton and the Bungles damn near went up there and beat them week one. I'm completely selling Seattle at this point. You, you are pissing off a lot of people in Ohio. This week. Yeah, well, you know. No, you just took bang a shot. You took a shot bang. <laughs> well, it, it, it's so easy. You know, to take shots at the Bengals at this point. Let's throw it over to the Stone Cold Locks. Hit me with it, Steve. Give me a hell yeah. All right, Huckleberry. So going into last week, I was three and one. You were one and three. Last week, I took Buffalo over Cincinnati. That was a win. And then I took the Cardinals over the Panthers. That was stupid. You uh, took the Packers over Denver. That was a win. And you also took New England over whoever they were playing. 
That also was a win, so you're up to three and three. I'm four and two. This week, I'm still feeling risque. I'm going to take a couple of bad teams this week. You already kind of spoiled one. Why don't you hit us with your Stone Cold box first? I, I was going to say, you know, uh, it, it should, uh, you know, you got to kind of map this thing out. You don't want to just try to come out of the gate with everything. you got to save some of those ponies to keep you in this race for, in the late part of the season. So this week, I am going to go with the New York Giants at home over the Washington Redskins. And then, uh, as I talked about, I'm going mile high. Mile high with the Broncos over the Jaguars. I don't know, man. I really like Jacksonville in that game. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons in the one game of this year that I actually feel confident that they are going to win that against the Tennessee Titans. And I'm also going to take the Indianapolis Colts over the Raiders. Rick, the Raiders were a nice, fun story there for a couple of weeks. And now they're just the Raiders. Well, you want to talk about a fun story real quick. Just flip the coin there. The Colts looking pretty good. Not, uh, Having a bit of, of good luck early, if you will. Jacoby Brissett's no joke. I mean, they, they gave him that $30 million extension for a reason. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's edition of HTM Sports. Thanks for listening, and if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit the entire HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. Be sure that you visit hackerhameen.podbean.com. If you're, if you're not in the loop already for uh, Hameen Media, what are you waiting for? I mean, what are you, a Bengals fan? Until then, you can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargoRBV. That's right, I took another shot at your beloved Cincinnati Bungles. How do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? Well, if you're not already in the loop of the I mean, Media Group, you are like my prom days. You are way late. So get on board because this baby, because this baby is on fire. We are growing every week. We are adding shows. We've got a new schedule coming out with all the shit that are going in, that's going on in the world of professional wrestling, but so much other content from political uh, satire, conspiracies. Hopefully that we're going to get picked up here at HTM Sports uh, on the platform. We're looking forward to that. But exciting news as we look forward to 2020. We had that big meeting the other day with the staff. Everybody seems excited. It's going to be a fun ride. Hey, but if you just want to keep up with me personally, at the real RBV across all social media platforms, like that, hey, hit us up on uh, how do you restructure the MLB playoffs. That's it for this week's show. We'll talk to you this weekend for the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, hittingthemarks.com. We'll be back Monday inside the locker room, hackerhameen.podbean.com. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya!